Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central. And we're back after quite a bit of a break. So thank you so much for, you know, bearing with us. We just took some time off for the holidays, focused on ourselves, and we're back for 2023. So happy new year. And let me introduce my lovely guest. Hi, Andrew Myrick. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good. I have Nick Sutrick. Hi, Nick. We're back. We're back. I, I almost don't remember what to do. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't like, how do you do this again? <laughs> like, I think my equipment still works. It's like it's it, the microphone's flashing yellow today, but hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> hopefully we, we can hear you. So hopefully everything works out. Okay. Yellow means go real fast. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> don't and stop. The, guy, the guy who just yelled out. Hello, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm I'm not really back. I'm yeah. off for the rest of the week. I don't know why I'm you decided to. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. Well, anyway. It's it's just miscommunication, and the calendar showed me as back yesterday, and I'm like, you know, I'm not going to leave anybody hanging, so we just <laughs> zippity doo dod back on home. Well, we're happy that you're on with us today. I think we are all happy to be back. Well, and, I'm not uh, doing anything, so don't don't give me too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get started. We've got uh, a, a lot of stuff to talk about. And of course, I mean, I want to start off with um, some end of the year stuff. And almost, uh, I want to start this podcast off with a, a reflective note before we, you know, kind of start this and set the scene for what 2023 is going to look like. Um, we, we, at the end of the year, we put out a few reflective pieces. If you haven't had the, the chance to read them, please go ahead and do it. And our, our lovely, uh, writer, Michael Hicks put together two of them. One was his own opinion and one was a collective piece of what many people thought. But I want to start off with that piece that he wrote, uh, cause I think that we all have opinions about it. So the first one was 2022 was a frustratingly awful awful year for tech with just a few highlights. And I loved this article because it really encapsulated how I felt about 2022, you know, coming from layoffs from major brands like Amazon, Cisco, HP, Meta, Microsoft, and Twitter. And then of course we had security camera issues. We had big tech uh, getting closer to actively killing um, different, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, subsections of their companies, um, companies not able to deliver key features, Mr. Musk buying Twitter. I mean, I think there was just a lot happening and I, I want to throw it out there, um, to you guys to, to kind of, when you were reading this article, you know, which one really stood out to you the most and you felt was was sort of what 2022 really had to offer with tech or lack of offering? When, when, when I read this, it really rang home. I have felt this way for the past four or five years. Michael said what I've been thinking for a while, that it's just we had that explosive boom, like from 2017 to 2019, where just it was cool stuff every time you turned around something good was happening and then it started to slow down and now we've reached the point where there seems to be nothing good happening mhm why do you think that's the case do you think that we kind of hit sort of a uh, a a brick wall or almost we plateaued and now we have to kind of re rejig or reshape everything to to get back that groove yeah we're we're at a plateau that's probably not permanent 
Uh, there's also the economy, uh, COVID disruptions in, you know, everybody says supply chain, break that down an easy way. The parts that they use to make the parts that they use to make the parts to make your phone are very hard to get manufactured in sweatshops in Asia because everybody's sick and they can't find the raw materials. That's your supply chain issue. They can't make those. The next people up the chain have a hard time building their stuff. And that ends up where it's hard for Apple to find the parts to make their iPads or Samsung can't build enough phones. That's the supply chain. And that affects everything, you know, Wi-Fi routers. They, they all have high-tech stuff inside now. Uh, you combine all those things, and 2022 was just really, really the worst. Yeah, and I kind of, um, I felt really burned out at, you know, towards the end of the year because not only were we as a collective, as a publication, trying to write all this news and try to come up with unique angles to editorials, but it was almost like I, everything was almost regurgitating in terms of like, okay, so here's a new phone that doesn't really look that new and the features are like, meh, you know, oh, and by the way, we're going to launch this watch, but you know, we're not going to have key features available yet. Everything almost seemed a little lackluster to me. And it, it added to that burnout that I think we all collectively felt at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree with me on that. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, that companies can't deliver key features at launch was probably my number one alongside the security cameras thing, mm. right? Yeah, because I don't even know how you had that momentum to to keep up with that at the end of the year, Nick. Like, <laughs> good for you, man. I mean, to to be honest, it was interesting to write about. So <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there, there's that. But yeah, I mean, like, it, it's not just the smartwatches that, that suffered from the, you know, missing key features. It's also like, the Quest Pro came out, right? And mm -hmm. Meta had this big talk up about how it's going to be great for work and great for this and great for that. And well, they didn't really launch a whole lot alongside it. And it, it felt like they had a vision, but didn't know how to fill in, you know, the the line that they made. They didn't know how to color it in. <laughs> so I and, and I don't know as far as watches go, like we just got fall detection on the Pixel watch, right? Which I think we're going to talk about later. And there are several other features that you would kind of expect some of these things to launch with or were even announced alongside and just didn't happen for whatever reason. I don't yeah. Wouldn't it be, is it just me or wouldn't it be better to not announce a feature like fall detection when you launch your product and then two months later you can come back and say, hey, we love you so much. We're adding fall detection to the watch you just bought. I, I, I feel like that's a great pixel feature drop, I guess. Pardon the pun on that one. Uh. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, that makes a company look like the good guy instead of they look like the bad guy when it launched. Right. And and Samsung was kind of in the same boat, right? With, yeah. With a bunch of their other stuff. I'm like, why? Why even bother announcing these things if you didn't get regulatory approval? Like that's it just feels kind of stupid to. It, it feels to do like that. it feels like people were just rushing to get something out because that's sort of the ebb and or not just ebb and flow, but sort of the, the way that the year is laid out, right? Like you have, you have Google IO, you have uh, unpacked Google IO fall, you know, um, launches like there's a calendar that companies 
are following. And I almost feel like last year companies were just um, launching for the sake of launching. I mean, you know, and, and frankly speaking, like I, the only real exciting announcement, at least to me was the pixel watch only because we reported on it and it was, it was really cool that it, that it actually happened. But apart from that, like I, I was not excited about almost anything that was launched last year. It, that's fair. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. And, and even, even some of those things that get, did get launched were, you know, a bit disappointing in some ways. Yeah. Like, I guess, again, going back to Pixel Watch and Quest Pro, it's like there were a lot of high hopes for both of those products. And I, I think both of them fell pretty short in, in some substantial ways. Yeah. I, I want to touch on one thing. I mean, obviously, I don't want to talk about Elon Musk, but I want to look at look at this from a, a sort of a bigger perspective um, point of conversation, which is our outlook towards social media. Because I think, um, you know, obviously that was sort of one of the biggest stories from last year as well, Elon Musk buying Twitter. But I almost felt like there was this shift in the way people were thinking about social media and the way that they were interacting with social media. And I am curious to to know from you guys if you felt that way. I mean, you know, obviously I, I use Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, but I have, you know, really been conscious of like, you know, how often I'm spending my time on these platforms and really thinking, you know, what's my purpose of being on these platforms? And I'm, I'm curious if, if you think that there's going to be a, a greater change in the way we look at social media, because that really, I felt like was, was a pretty big story from last year. I mean, I, I think social media has been a problem for a while. Since day one. Yeah, I, I mean, inherently industry. since day one, yes, but especially since it got more ubiquitous with everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah, you you hear so often people say, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. It, social media is 100% you are the product. It only exists to make money off the things you look at. Yeah, and it, it certainly doesn't uh, help our conversations as a society. <laughs> no. <laughs> make, no, it makes really doesn't. a whole lot worse. They, they don't. I mean, yeah, you know, you said you didn't want to talk much about Elon Musk, but it's hard to talk about social media without. Mentioning Elon Musk. Elon Musk is no more of an evil asshole jerk than the last CEO of Twitter was. <laughs> it's, it's, he's he's the, the current target for everybody to pick on because, yeah, in a lot of ways, he's an awful human being. Well, I would I would slightly disagree with you on that, but but continue, continue with what you were saying. Yeah, I, I was going to say the, the last CEO of Twitter was also an awful human being. But we want to forget about that because we have a new awful human being to hate. But one thing hasn't changed. The whole goal is to collect information about you. That's why Twitter runs at a deficit. Twitter has never made money. It's fun to joke about Elon Musk is losing money. Uh, Elon Musk is just putting cost-saving measures in so he doesn't lose as much money. Uh, Twitter always lost money. But there's a reason it still stayed afloat. Uh, you, you don't just say, well, I'm going to start a company who's designed to lose money. If you're losing money, it's for a reason. Yeah, but also it got the, that was the question that I had from the get go, which is, are we going to start rethinking about, you know, our 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 thought process about social media? Like, will we continue? Rethink? Yeah, probably. 
but then it's not going to make a meaningful change. Everybody said they were going to leave Twitter. Did anybody really leave Twitter? I know a lot of people who left Twitter. Uh, okay. Anecdotal aside from people you know or I know, did people on any large scale leave Twitter? No, it's got just as many yeah, users there, as it I did mean, before. There, there, there were, I mean, I guess we, we also don't know what those numbers are, but there have been some celebrities who have decided to leave and activists and stuff like that. But I mean, did that make a substantive change? I don't. I, I don't know yet. I think we still have to see those numbers, right? I, I, I think now you have people using more than one social media because, yeah. oh, I, I hate Twitter, so I'm going to go to whatever other service, but I'm so addicted to Twitter, I can't stay away. Yeah. So they're, on, they're using both, which is good for the people that run the social media sites, services, whatever the hell you want to call them. Right, and and I think... We'll probably see a lot of what happened in 2020 with Facebook happen with Twitter, where you had a lot of people who got pissed off because Facebook did this or that or the other thing, and they, you know, quote, left Facebook. But, you know, six months later, well, they're back posting pictures of their kids and, you know, acting like nothing ever happened, right? It's it, This stuff is so entrenched in our society right now. It's It's weird to not have a social media presence. We like it. And I don't mean, again, not anecdotally, because I hate sure. social media. Yeah, but I do too. But we, as, as humans, we like it. It's a way to share without getting up off your couch. It's a way to talk to other people without visiting other people. It's like being part of society from your phone or your laptop. And we like that. We, we're, you know, we're not, most people anyway, aren't isolationists. We, we like the company of other humans. Well, I'm hoping that that changes slightly just with social media. The, my thought process was basically, I hope we're more thoughtful with what we're posting and why we're posting it. That I, w- I hope so. I was, that's what I was that sort of hoping for. <laughs> I think the people who were already thoughtful are going to be just as thoughtful or maybe even a little more thoughtful. But there's a subset of the population who was never thoughtful to begin with, and that's not going to change. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I want to switch gears because obviously 2022 was a very glum year in terms of tech and what was released. I want to talk about a second article that Michael wrote, but this was more of a collective piece. There was contributions from almost everyone or a lot of people from our team uh, who wrote about their thoughts. And so uh, that was titled, Here's How We Hope the Android World Will Improve in 2023. Um, a bunch of us, like I wrote something. I think, Nick, you wrote something. Um, who else? I, Andrew, you wrote something as well. Uh, I, I can, I'll, I'll go last, but why don't one of you guys tell me what you, what you are hoping for for 2023 uh, in the world of Android? All right, I'll fill the dead space. I wasn't here to contribute. I, w- I was on vacation basically the whole month of December. Well, so tell us what you hope for then. I want to see Google clamp down on Android, and I want to see another company make a more open Android version Ooh. and have their things together where it's a, a phone we want to use. How likely is that going to happen, though? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I had some time with the Mirena 1. Mm-hmm. And it uses a, a it uses Android, but a completely open version of Android. And I decided to not try to shoehorn anything Google on it. And it was a good experience. If it could become a great experience, 
it would give people who want something free, open, and outside of that closed garden a viable alternative with the same access to the same services and people that want some supervision so they don't have to worry about what is on their phone themselves, Google could become more Apple-like and clamp down more in the Play Store. Both of those things have to happen or neither of them have to happen. They can't happen individually. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a I, I, I like that. It's a, a little bit of a lofty wish. I really hope that it would, it will happen, but um, I, I like it. Um, Nick or Andrew, do you guys want to talk about what you guys wish for? So I would love to see Meta get a little more competition this year. Mm, yeah. Um, specifically in VR. I know we just switched from social media to this, but uh, same company, <laughs> different product, I guess, right? Um, and, and so far, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good year for this, right? You have the PlayStation VR 2 coming out at the end of next month. Um, today, actually, at CES, HTC announced a new Vive, which is priced somewhere a little closer to Quest Pro, but still somewhere in between Quest 2 and Quest Pro. Um, who knows if Pico will ever bring their stuff to the U.S., but, you know, whatever. That's, that's more politics than product stuff. I don't know. I just Meta has done a good job. Um, I think they have consistently improved. Yeah, but they don't have enough competition, though. But they don't really have any competition. It's yeah. not even enough competition. Basically, nobody is doing what Meta is doing. Even though some companies are trying, a lot of them are just treading water at best, right? Like this, we're not seeing a, a big line of companies jump into this space and, and try to compete for the same type of thing. And it maybe feels a little bit like Nintendo in the 80s where they were the only one for years after Atari kind of went, not necessarily belly up, but you know they certainly <laughs> went down a lot. And then you had Nintendo for a while until basically the, the Sega Genesis in the early 90s, right? Like there was really no competition for Nintendo in the, 80, in the 80s. That's a really good comparison. On, on a level you maybe didn't think about Nintendo had no competition until Nintendo started making so much money, it ran out of ways to spend it. <laughs> then the competition ramped up. Yeah, and, and you know, without getting into it, they ended up digging their own grave because they pissed everyone else off. And then so Sony came around and was like, hey, we'll work with you guys since you all hate Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's, that's the, the deal with Meta. Right now, the things that we like about Meta which is VR and AR, they're not making the money. There's no money to be made there yet. When Meta slash Facebook slash, what is it? The Meta is now the VR department is just called Meta, right? Uh, reality Labs. Reality well, yeah, Labs. Yeah, Reality okay. Labs, yeah. When Reality Labs starts making money, lots of money, consistently, quarter after quarter, then you see other companies besides HTC who, for some unknown reason, is more than willing to lose money on it. Uh, jump up and say, you know, we've got good ideas and we can make some money too. And that's when the competition starts. Yeah. Good luck. I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope Meta gets some form of competition. <laughs> like, yeah. Good luck with that. You know, really. Yeah. Cause I mean, lo long story short, even with Apple, right? Like the, the latest leaks for that headset, that thing just looks worse and worse every time it gets leaked. I hope the competition isn't from Google or Apple. 
because that's really no competition. I hope that someone from Apple accidentally leaves a prototype in a bar and, you know, it gets reported on next year. That would be a great 2023 story. <laughs> Truly. I, I hope enough of it leaks out and everybody hates it enough for Apple to realize it's, well, nope, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Or, or maybe we'll be lucky and all the leaks are wrong. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Andrew, because I loved, I loved your response too. I thought yours was was great. I mean, again, hopeful, but, you know, <laughs> tell us what your, your thoughts were and what you wish for for next year. Uh, so I wrote that I want the Pixel Fold to actually be a thing. I don't know. There was some stuff that came out, I think, was it this week or late last week or something? That it was this week. Yeah, it's been pushed back again. I'm just, I, I want, it kind of goes back to what we were talking, what you guys were talking about before. Like, I just want companies to, to deliver stuff. Just give prompt. If you're going to announce something, just deliver. That's just what I want. I'm tired of this, like, bickering back and forth between companies. Like, Google's doing it again now during CES about iMessage. Oh, here's code base for you to start implementing RCS. Just shut up and <laughs> deliver. <laughs> On products, stop canceling oh. projects for no reason, seemingly no reason. I mean, I do want the Pixel Fold because um, I'm I want a stock like regular stock Android interface on a foldable phone with the Tensor and the camera. Twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five, maybe. Don't 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 make Andrew feel sad, please. Oh, I'm fine. I just want companies to deliver. It's not that di- like I say it's not that difficult sitting in my office, like in, in my house <laughs> with with not the budget that these companies have. Just deliver like Sam, you, Samsung promised that, you know, the watch five and watch five pro is going to have these features. Oh, sorry. A region locked. Oh, sorry. We don't know when they're going to come. Come to find out a year comes a year goes by. The next watch is released and it's the same damn thing. You got to use like a workaround if you want to be able to use all the health tracking features just because you live in a certain space. A question for you, Andrew. Do you like what TCL has been doing? Look, here's our foldable phone. We can make it here. Here's one for you to look at and touch and play with. We're not going to build one unless you people decide that it's something you really want. Is that a better way to do it? No. No, I would I, I would prefer that they <laughs> I would prefer that they partnered with Cricket for all I care. You know, Ryan Reynolds is all over the place with all these Mint Mobile ads. <laughs> Partner with Mint Mobile. I don't care. Put another phone on the market that's available in the U.S. That's not just a Samsung phone. I I don't know what what TCL did, especially with that their flip that that, that they're, they're showing off now. That intrigues me. I don't know if it's the right way to do things or not either. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't. I don't know what 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 is it that they're doing now? Because I was. I know that they showed it off, but they've they've got more than one. They're showing it off to people and saying, "We'll build this if there's demand." Look, we can. Look, it's really good. Look, it'll be cheap. We just don't know if there's demand. Yeah, but how are they garnering? How how are you supposed to let? Are you supposed to email like mail your write your congressman or something? And let them I don't out? know. I mean, maybe they're basing it off clicks and gadget. I I have no idea. I just. I, I don't I don't know if that's better or worse. It's not better or worse. It's just that I, that's one way of doing it. Right. Like if you can understand the demand that 
a, a number of people would want, then you, you know, if a product will sell and it will determine how much product you are going to get from a warehouse or get made. And then you don't make something. A thought process or a thought process of doing something like that works for companies that aren't Google, basically, because Google can can create a product and because they have so much money, they can kill it because it doesn't really if if that product doesn't do well, they can kill it because they have so much money to compensate for the loss. Right. So I I think a smaller company, you know, and and OnePlus kind of did did that with their uh, you need to get a. what is it? An email to get, or like a referral to be able to get the the one plus system, right? They kind of did You're it with right. that, right? Like they they back in the old days, right? That that judge demand and yeah, I judged exactly. From a logical standpoint, what TCL is doing makes perfect sense. Don't waste money if there's no demand, but I just don't know if it's going to work. TCL has. I don't have numbers in front of me. I'm just assuming, and we all know what happens when you assume. But I don't really <laughs> care. Today, but I don't really care today. TCL, in my mind, has enough money. They could release this phone and sell it at a loss. They they could. Yes. They're, they've got their arms extended into so many different categories that I don't even Probably, know. Probably, yeah. Outside of just TVs and displays, they could release this phone at a loss. See how it sells. And if we only get one, then we only get one. But hey, guess what? We got something other than just another Samsung foldable. Right. And and to me, the odd thing about TCL in particular is, you know, other than Samsung, they're the only smartphone manufacturer that also manufactures displays and a lot yep. of other components, right? Most of these other smartphone manufacturers have to get components from other companies. Right. They're, so, like their next paper stuff that they're doing that they showed off. Right. That stuff looks so cool. And they're going to yes. finally release it after showing it three years ago. But it's kind of the thing. They showed it three years ago and enough people wanted it. Now they're going to release it. I don't know. I mean, that's that's maybe that's just a one-off and it kind of worked that time, but it won't work in the future. But I just, I don't know. I think it's really interesting what they're doing. And I wonder how it would work at scale you know, of, of a company like Apple or Google or Samsung or Microsoft or, you know, here's this we could build. Do you want one? Apple is kind of basically doing that, but not really because they essentially don't ever release anything until they see that there's a demand for it. So like, you know, I feel like every company does some form of this, but it's like it, it's in their own best interest of like how they do it kind of thing. I mean, even Apple doesn't even Apple doesn't even know what they're doing. No, with, I, I. They've would got dis- four phones in their lineup, would, and they don't know what to do. I would disagree with that. Andrew hates everything. I would disagree with that statement, but I would like to move on. <laughs> Wait, one more thing I want to see in 2023 that's not going to happen, and and I, w- I haven't been here for a month, so I get to talk a lot. Sure, to make up for it. sure. Uh, I, I'm going to use Motorola as an example, but they're certainly not the only ones. Cheap phone every month, different cheap phone. Screw that stupidity. <laughs> uh, I'm, and you know what consumers should be able to, to do? Go out and buy a Samsung Galaxy S10e brand new today, and it's still supported for five years. Ha, it would be cheap. It's, it's good. It's great for the environment, and it's great for consumers because you'd have a $300 phone that's damn worth using instead of some Motorola piece of 
garbage that's going to be forgotten about in six months and you're going to hate it for those six months because it's so sluggish and, and nasty. I get everybody wants to build cheap phones because people want to buy them, but you've got great phones that are only a year old. Continue to make them and sell them cheaper. That won't happen for the next 10 years in the Android space. Well, that won't happen for the next 10 years. I know, but it's, I, I wish it would because if Apple can do it, Samsung can do it. Samsung's been phenomenal with their software updates. I completely agree. I yep. just think that there's no incentive for them to do so. Well, we'll see what happens next year or this year, rather. <laughs> um, I won't get into my thoughts. I mean, if you are interested, you can read my little rant. I, I kind of went off in my in my section, but uh, to con- concise it, really, I just I think the thing that I'm looking for is um, I just want companies to be aware of what they're doing and actually care about what they're releasing and and care about why they're doing what they're doing and really understand what is the real social purpose of all of these tech companies. You know, what are you doing outside of just selling products to make money? Are you marketing for people to actually do good in this world? Are you being genuine? What can you do more to make a greater impact in our world when we know our future is all about tech? So if you're interested in reading what I have to say, please go to the article and read Michael's amazing collaborative piece. But in that, on that note, I'd like to take a really quick break and we'll be right back. So stay tuned, guys. What I love about Indeed is how easy it is to hire and find the right person for your company. I find that if you are going to hire someone, it really should be someone who's interested, willing, excited, has the right capabilities, and is just a right fit for your company. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for the quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash ACP to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash ACP. That's Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, um, you know, I don't really want to, like... We obviously have to talk about this because it's happening right now. And it's, it, it, it used to be considered one of the, the biggest tech events. I guess it kind of still is considered it, but it, it kind of flopped, uh, over the past couple of years. And that's obviously CES, consumer electronics con, no, what does CES stand for? Consumer Electronics Show. Showcase. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, so obviously that's happening right now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of reporters out there. Android Central did not send anyone there this year. We didn't, we didn't send one last year either. I don't believe, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out. And I don't know. What do you like? I don't really care about CES to be honest, but <laughs> <laughs> are we allowed to say that? Because yeah, I, 
I'm going to tell you, it's... It's not that I don't... Okay, listen. It's not that I don't care, okay? I do care, obviously, because... Um, you know, there's a lot of innovative things that happen uh, during CES, and it's really exciting because you can see the, the the future of what tech can look like. I think the the really awesome part about CES is that you see some of the potential of what tech can bring to us. But that's that's the word that I hate, which is the potential, because a lot of the times those ideas fall back. They never actually, you know go through the process of actually becoming a product that would become a mainstream product. Um, and so I think that's why I'm like, I don't, I don't care because I'm like, I wish, I wish a lot of those products actually became what they were and actually became mainstream products. So it's not that I don't care. I think I, I obviously really do care about what happens and what happens in tech, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. So you care about the things that aren't consumer facing at the consumer electronics show. You're in the same boat as me. Uh, I, I don't know when this is going to air, so I won't say it, but there is one really cool announcement that's going to affect the future that's coming on January 5th at four o'clock, which is an hour from when we're recording this. And that's cool. It's not consumer facing at all, but it's cool. Uh, the only consumer facing product. And, and like I said, we're recording this on the fifth at three in the afternoon. We already know everything big that's going to be announced. That's part of our job. These companies contact us and get with us in advance so we can talk about it as it happens. The only thing so far that I've really been interested in is a pair of earbuds that has uh, Teams meeting, Skype, and Zoom controls built into the, See, the that, that's wireless cool. charging case. That's cool. Yeah. That's the coolest thing at CES, which... You know, that's what CES has degraded to in 2023. Which kind of is unfortunate because I think, you know, right before this podcast, you were talking about how CES really was a showcase that, uh, you know, it kind of was like a major event that released some major products. And I even remember one year, I think it was like 2017, maybe, where Samsung actually showcased like all of their um, Galaxy phones, like, because uh, I think was that was that the year they announced the Galaxy 20, I think, maybe. I don't know. But they had, it was like all these phones and they showcased it. And it was just so cool to see. And I was just like, wow, this is like really cool. And like now it's just kind of like, eh, see, yes, eh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's what we were saying earlier before we started recording. CES was a lot more interesting when Samsung took a bigger part. I know these Samsung TVs and new tech and screen displays and refrigerators. That's that's cool. And a lot of people are interested, but maybe it wasn't officially part of CES when they show up with holding, you know, a phone up in the air and say, this is what's coming and maybe not give all the details away, but let us see. That was that made it a lot more interesting than it has been since Samsung kind of dropped away from that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't know. What do you guys think, Nick and Andrew? Do you have any thoughts about CES? Or, I mean, we, I'm happy to talk about the next topic because the next topic is very interesting to me. Yeah, I, I haven't been to CES since 2016, and I don't really feel like I missed anything. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> my two cents <laughs> and i know andrew's gonna stay silent because he's gonna be like i don't have anything to say because it's ces <laughs> no i mean i've never been um 
and I don't want to go because it's just a super spreader, and I don't want to waste my time with a super spreader event. Amen. Oh my god, the, it really I mean, is a super thing, spreader. Yeah. The, everybody who goes to CES, give it a week. Once everybody gets home, there's going to people, a bunch of people on Twitter. You know, people in our industry are going to be sick. It just happens every single year, even before. Yeah, there's a reason COVID the, times. the CES flu term exists. Right, it's, and that was before COVID. Like the only thing yeah. that was. Like, yeah, we got new Chromebooks and Chromeboxes that you have to wait six months to get if they come out in all configurations, which is great because we haven't had Chromeboxes in, what, three or four years? Fantastic. Awesome. The only thing that, like, really piqued my interest at all that I've seen so far is that yoga book from Lenovo that just... That two-screen thing? Yeah, it's the Surface Duo or Surface, Surface Neo, whatever, from Lenovo. Like, that thing looks awesome. And I wish I could get my hands on one, but I am not spending that money on it. Is this the one that I was losing my mind over like three weeks ago when they showed yeah. it? Yep. Oh my gosh. Dude, that, the thing, I, it I looks so, so I see all the hands-on stuff now instead of the press release stuff. It looks amazing. I want to type on one before I give what I think about it. I'll bet it's crap to type on. Are you talking about the touchscreen or the yeah. keyboard? The touchscreen. I don't, I don't mean, you know, a separate dock keyboard. I guess we probably shouldn't go into this too far, but it has a keyboard that sits that magnetically attaches to the bottom touch screen, like the bottom part. So you have your physical keyboard. I don't know. I just I don't, let's not get into it here. This is not Windows Central. <laughs> All that to say is, um, yeah, CES, right? Am I right, guys? <laughs> We're all trying to find something good. You know what? The other thing, too, that kind of really bugs me about CES is that it's right after the holidays and people are not even equipped to figure out what to do with their like I came back. I took I, I believe I took a two and a half week break uh, before coming back. And And frankly speaking, I think all of December, I was pretty checked out to begin with just because there was just so much happening before. And I was just I was getting really burned out. And so I really needed that break. And then I remember coming back on Tuesday, January 3rd. And I like, truly, I was like, I don't even know how to do my job right now. Like I, 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 I remember getting like over that the week prior, you know, that the, the limbo period between Christmas and New Year's where there's like, I don't know, like 10 people who are working. Well, those 10 people were PR people working for CES sending me emails. And I literally, literally was like, I'm not even going, first of all. And I don't even know what's happening. I know it's the holidays, but did you are, have any interest in blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Like, right. I just, I, yeah, I think that like if, if CES was like mid Feb, I would be like, okay, because then I, I, by then I would, I would have like relearned my job <laughs> and then. There you go. Exactly. I, yeah. I, and I, I was going to say if, if they could combine CES and MWC and leave them in February, I think it'd be great. It'd be great. Or just do away with MWC completely. I mean, whatever. I don't care. Just make them one show. I really don't care. It, it's already crazy enough that we have two shows back to back like that. And like you said, CES is way too, way too early in January. Sorry. It's, it too, just is. it's too early. <laughs> like I, I, I'm seeing like all of our other, like, you know, um, colleagues from other publications who are at CES and like, you know, they're all like burnt out and not even ready to start the, like, come on, dude. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to see how they feel next week. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guarantee you they're. 
they're troopers for putting on the bright face because none of them want to be there. No, it's just too much. So anyways, all right, I want to move on because I'm, I'm done with CES. Let's talk about uh, an article that happened just literally the week that we started working, uh, came back to work. Nick, you you found or you saw this happen. So Nick wrote a, 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 a sort of a longer news piece. Uh, it's titled, titled, excuse me, No, Your Old Arlo Cameras Are Not Being Bricked. Um, so essentially, Arlo is implementing a new end-of-life policy that ends the previously free seven-day rolling cloud storage program. Um, these are several older Arlo cameras manufactured before 2019 that will no longer receive firmware updates or be able to generate email notifications after the specific date for that model. Um, Arlo says customers can continue using these um, cameras, uh, end-of-life cameras, by utilizing an Arlo base station or subscribing to an Arlo secure plan. Okay, so really interesting, too, because um, you... I don't know who posted it, but um, Arlo CEO basically went to Twitter to explain further about these older cameras. So, Nick, why don't you get into to this and tell us a little bit about it? All right. So when it first came out, people obviously freaked out because there's a list of uh, close to 10 cameras here where Arlo is saying, all right, well, these are pretty much done for by January of next year. We're not updating them anymore. We're not officially supporting them anymore. So you won't be able to get them fixed if they break. Right. Um, there is not going to be any firmware updates. So if there are any security issues that come up, which this is an internet connected device, somebody's going to find a vulnerability in the code somewhere, right? It may take a while, but it's it's going to happen eventually. And especially if people that do this know a device is no longer being supported and it's still being used, they're going to go try to find one, right? So security wise, you probably want to replace one of these cameras. now. A few of them were manufactured in 2014. So we're talking almost a decade old at this point. Some of them are a little more recent, and I think those are more upsetting. Um, a few of them are like 2017, 2018, um, a little later in 2018. So I don't I don't know how I feel about this, largely because I also want to just I also just want to point out, don't shoot yourself in the foot with what you are going to write. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I I want people to be excited when they see your article, Nick. That's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. So, it I I guess long story short, the cameras still work. I even said that in like the second paragraph, right? They're still going to work basically like you have them now. You're still going to get your push notifications. If you have an Arlo subscription or a base station, it's still going to drop video on either of those things, you know, either cloud or local storage. Um, largely, I think a lot of these other changes are being made, not just for those cameras, but also for the rest of Arlo's cameras, like they are no longer doing email notifications after a certain date, period, because uh, as the CEO, what? I, I was just going to say that dropping the email and the, E911 is a good thing. Yes, exactly. Like those are all great because the email notifications are slow. They're susceptible to being uh, turned into phishing emails. They're just, it's not a secure method of communication, right? And then the emergency 911 stuff, they are getting rid of that in favor of their own like 
24-7 manned operation, which is part of why you pay for a subscription, right? You get this uh, right. technical help center. And in this it's case, like it's an concierge. emergency response center. Yeah, whereas before it was like, you press a button in the app and hopefully it dials 911 for you. What the heck's even the point of that? Like, that's just dial 911 for yourself. You're already on the phone. <laughs> well, <So>. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. That, this is, that's a better option for sure. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. It might shoot yourself in the foot a little bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the question anyways. I keep saying this, guys, who's listening um, to us because I've we, Nick wants to write an article about this. Uh, probably for next week. And I, I just, I don't want to give it away. Right. So anyways, my question that I'm going to ask is, so, okay, this happened with Arlo Jan 3rd, right? Jan 4th. When did this happen? Yeah. Jan 4th. Okay. The, the third, I think. The third or fourth. Right. And then I, I got the email on, on the first on new year's day. They, they changed the policy on the first, but yeah, the CEO didn't respond until the fourth. Oh, okay. We've got this issue that happened already the start of 2023. And then we know we saw end of 2022, all the security related issues with Eufy cameras and wise cameras before that. Um, I guess my question to you, Nick, and anyone else who wants to respond is, um, is 2023 the year of smart security cameras getting fixed or not? I think it's the year where Amazon and Google finally get complete monopoly-like control. Mm. And that's sad. You're probably right, because at this point, and I think a lot of the backlash against Arlo is very silly. Uh, I've seen a lot of, well, I've seen a lot of people on Reddit say, oh, I'm ditching my whole Arlo system well, and finding something I, I want, else. When you're done, I want to talk to you about that because this directly affects me. I have some okay. of these products. L long, okay, my thought on that is basically, okay, you're, you're hoping for infinite free cloud storage, which number one is completely unrealistic. I don't care what they promised you. Many companies have promised those things and they've gone bankrupt. Like, I, I, I love everybody who wanted to get into that, but that's a stupid expectation, okay? It's just, it's unrealistic. Number two, if you really want to keep using them, and you don't care about the security issues, just go buy a base station. It's like a hundred bucks on Amazon and the thing will drop it to an SD card or a hard drive or whatever. And then you don't have to worry about it. And then it is free forever and nobody's affected. Like, I don't, I don't know that. The whole Eufy thing was a security problem, right? There were a wise, the, the, I'm sorry, the thing with wise was a security problem. Like those were really big deals that the companies tried to hide and tried to roll over and pretend like they weren't issues. Whereas this is like, Okay, they might have pissed you off, but really, I mean, are you really going to flush several hundred or thousand dollars down the drain just because you're going to throw a temper tantrum? <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, yeah, let let me just, give you the point of view of somebody. Go who, for it. I, I want to hear it. <laughs> I, I actually have. I have. My cameras aren't discontinued until next year, though. I've got the Arlo Pro 2 and security light at front and out back. Uh, but I have a base station. I thought the seven day and it's rolling cloud storage you don't get infinite free cloud storage you get seven days of cloud storage and on day eight the first day of that seven days gets deleted right it gets over uh, that that was a promise that sold a lot of these cameras that they are reneging on and i get a lot of people don't have the setup that i have and are pretty 
ticked off about it. Me personally, I don't care. Mine aren't even connected to the internet. I've got a bridge and I have a home network for, you know, my base station to sit on that thinks it's connected to the internet and I can just do a little fiddling and it connects to get any updates. What bothers me is the lack of security updates, but it's for a camera that I bought in 2018. So I'm not really super ticked off. I understand you can't support a product forever. I understand the components inside these cameras aren't being supported by the people who made them. And it's almost impossible to keep, you know, security issues in check at that point. But I do completely understand people are upset about losing the seven day rolling cloud storage. And Arlo could afford people that have the camera and, and that product and, or end that service today. But if you still have the camera you bought in 2018, 2019, whatever, you get to keep it. That's what Google did with unlimited photo storage. And yes, Google can afford it a lot more or whatever. Arlo could have done that and then nobody would have cared about any of this. Right. And to add to that, Blink also did that because their original cameras and Blink Sync module included free cloud storage. I think it was 30 days. Um, and that still works as long as you have an original Blink Sync module like I do. But if you buy a newer one, you don't get that. You have to either pay for cloud storage or stick an SD card in the thing. And I know because somebody's going to ask me, if you do what I do and don't have them connected, no, you can't watch live video on your phone. I have a Nest doorbell to, to see who's outside in real time. I just use them as a security camera because there are a lot of meth heads around here and I don't want my car getting broken into. That's fair. And, and, and that, I think, comes to the next point, right? I think a lot of people have had bad expectations for these products. Having an internet-connected device means it always has to be updated, right? We've gone over this a million times. Security-wise, you cannot have a product that is not regularly updated because somebody will find a vulnerability and somebody will use it. Supporting those things forever is unrealistic, just like unlimited cloud storage is unrealistic. I know it was only seven days, but you know what I'm saying. Like, Regardless of how long it stores it, you not paying somebody forever is not realistic. It's just not. <laughs> it's, it's just not. I don't. I don't know what else I, to say about that. I don't think that. they expected people to keep cameras they bought in 2014 for 10 freaking years. Maybe not, and that's their fault too for for screwing up that projection. They should have done better with that projection. But I also think people need to reassess whether or not they actually want to have internet connected cameras in their home at all times, or if they just want to buy a CCTV system plug the thing in once and be done with it forever. And then if you just need the footage because somebody broke into your house, then you go get it. Right. right. Like, do, do we really need all of these things to be internet connected? Or is this just sort of a goofy pipe dream that we came up with and thought would work and, well, hey, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, I, I do need a internet connected camera. And that's because I have special needs. I can't be trying to get up the stairs to see who's at the front door. So I use a Nest wired doorbell. Right. And I can, oh, if the, somebody hits the doorbell, I can look on my phone and see who it is. And if it's somebody that I, I, I actually want to open the door for, I say, hold on a minute. I'm trying to get up, stair, up the stairs. I'll be there in just a few minutes. 
And if it's somebody like the UPS man or somebody I don't care about, I just put my phone back down and, and don't care. Uh, but most people aren't in that situation. And I think Nick is right. If you want a camera for security purposes, there are a lot better ways than using the internet. Yeah, 100%. I would agree <laughs> with that too. Yeah. Uh, yes. 100. I would agree with that. I, I, and I think it, like we were talking earlier about social media, I, I kind of feel like our paradigms are just maybe skewed incorrectly. And now we have to write the ship. So maybe the way we've been doing this is, is just not a great way for your entire system. That, but an internet connected camera is cool. Yeah, to, I mean, but for some people, though, right? Okay, like, for example, my dad, my parents' home has same type of camera that you have, uh, Jerry, and it's been really helpful, especially for my dad, because my dad has recently developed arthritis, and, you know, he doesn't have to go up and down the stairs to go see who's at the door, and it's really helpful for him. Like, I, I fully agree with you. But, again, I think... A lot of this, you know, I would also blame our big tech companies for the way they market things. Going back to what I was saying, you know, what is the purpose of you bringing up these products? What is your social good in this in this society? Like even when it comes to social media, like when these companies came out, like it was it's all in the benefit of the company and how they're going to earn money. And so when you say or who I can't remember who said it, like smart cameras, smart internet connected cameras are cool. Yeah, they're cool partly because yeah, they help, you know, a specific demographic, but they also are cool because they were marketed to be cool. Who doesn't want to live in a smart home connected house? I mean, it's so cool. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to lift your finger. Like it's, it's so cool. But then it's like, we need to go back to the base of like asking ourselves like, well, what are the, what's the real purpose of these products? Why are we buying them? Are we buying it because it's cool? And I think the idea of smart home has been sort of fantasized about in Hollywood and a lot of these other, you know, types of media for a long time. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And instead of going to that futuristic version vision of a smart home, we sold our souls to Amazon and Google. And Apple. Yeah. Anyways, uh, on, on that depressing note, let's take a really quick break and let's... Come back as, uh, and we'll have a couple more topics to talk about. This app got investors over 13% returns. That's right, over 13% returns. Not once, not twice, but six separate times this year. It's true, even in this market. It's an app called Masterworks, whose last three exits netted investors 13, 17, and 21% returns. Sounds unbelievable until you learn that contemporary art prices outpaced the S&P 500, even during the bull run of the last decade. Masterworks offerings are all SEC qualified, and with over 600,000 users, they've even sold out in less than an hour. But when you download the Masterworks app, tell them the Android Central podcast sent you and you'll unlock priority access. See important regulation aid disclosures at masterworks.com cd. Remember, Download the Masterworks app, tell them the Android Central podcast sent you, and you'll get priority access. Okay, um, I want to talk about the new OnePlus 11, uh, which apparently's design is out of this world. 
<laughs> I don't know. Anyways, OnePlus 11 debuted in, in China with a black hole inspired camera. Island and Alert Slider does end up coming back. Um, you know, the phone is powered by Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 and has a 500 mAh battery. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are we, was I stupid to bring this topic on the docket today? I don't no, know. <laughs> because it lets me say that the back of this thing looks like my wife's new range. Oh, my God. She's got a, a new inductive st- – well, it's not new. We've had it for a few years. But that's the first thing I see when I look at it is like, baby, that looks just like your stovetop. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't – I liked last year's design better. <laughs> I, I like the slider switch. I will say that. Good on you, OnePlus. That's a th- something that – you know, yes. OnePlus has done and Apple did it and every company should do it. I don't like fiddling with do not disturb modes and all this other. Just give me that switch. And I can yep. shut the stupid sounds off. It's good to see them putting it back on there after taking it off on the 10T. I don't think they knew how much people liked it. Uh, you know what? I don't think so either. And here's what I'll tell you. So at the press event, when we went to it in uh, October, I think it was, right? I swear half the questions at the Q&A were people going, yeah, but where's the alert slider? <laughs> oh, my God. And you could, you could see it on, on the you know, OnePlus people's faces. They were just like, why? <laughs> why? Oh, my God. Why do I have to be That's here answering hilarious. this question for the 40th time? <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I, I also really dig the color, hey? Like that, you know, I think a lot of people don't like that green, but even... I, be- I think it was the Apple 11 Pro, Series 11 Pro. They had a very similar green. I love that forest green. I think it's so nice. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like everybody who likes green phones prefers this forest green color because I've heard that a lot. It's very uh, appealing to your eye. I don't know. I, that's just me, I guess. But uh, Google I, made I something they called sage that was about that same color. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think that's a nice green. Yeah, I would never buy a green phone, but that's the nicest green. Yeah, I mean, that's all we can say about this phone, really. (laughs) It's available in China right now, which which I thought was interesting. (laughs) Can we once again mention the Hasselblad? Hasselblad didn't make a goddamn thing in that camera. They did not make a thing. I don't care what anybody says. They don't make mobile sensors. They don't make tiny lenses that size. They just licensed their name and some dumb idea. And yeah, I hate it's, that. It's cross marketing. I absolutely hate seeing like, it every time I see it. That's where the partnership was, was in the software. It, it, well, it, it Has- is. Hasselblad doesn't ma- build cameras that run Android, so they're not really doing anything with software. It's an idea that they licensed. Yeah, the, the, I, I guess l- long story short on that is like it's the color profile. So it will prefer colors that Hasselblad cameras typically prefer, I suppose. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It, it was like uh, it was like Huawei's Leica partnership with the black and white stuff. Like, oh, it's supposed to look like a, a Leica black and white camera. Well, yeah, I, mean, I guess <laughs> it would make more sense to see a company you know, try to license something from Apple or Samsung or Google when it comes to a mobile phone camera. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you know what I would love to see is 
one of these one of these things say with Google Camera pre-installed. Thank you, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm amazed that Google doesn't do that. To be honest, I'd with buy you, that tomorrow. And well, you don't have to buy a Pixel to get that Pixel camera. Well, of course, but you you know what I'm saying. Like it's like, why? And I think we've been down this rabbit hole before too. It's like, why does that not get licensed out to every single Android manufacturer? Yeah, every Android phone on the planet would take excellent pictures right now if they had. Google There's camera an amazingly on. long, horrible, boring explanation for the reason why. I'm sure. I'm sure, and it's and it's still stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. Just do it. Okay. Uh, love it. Love it. Okay. Let's uh, take another quick break. Final break, I promise, guys. And we'll talk about our last topic. And then uh, we're out of here. So stay tuned. No matter your age, everyone has health problems crop up every so often. Like most of us, you've probably let them stew for a bit to see if they'll just go away. But what about when they don't? Who do you ask first? Your friends? Do you scroll through a Google search or swipe through TikTok to find the answer? While those sources might have decent enough ideas from time to time, it's unlikely you'll find any quality medical advice from them. But you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. ZocDoc has thousands of medical professionals ready to help you, listen to your medical problems in a confidential and safe way, and give you the expert care and advice you need. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed. Take your insurance and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. Forget about bouncing from doctor to doctor or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. Go to ZocDoc.com ACP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within just 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash A-C-P. ZocDoc.com slash A-C-P. Okay, welcome back. Um, I want to touch upon our last topic. And this article is super interesting because it literally came out. When did this come out? I don't even know what date. I think it was like yeah, two days ago. Um, The Verge reported QI2, how Apple might finally harness MagSafe by giving it away. The next version of the QI wireless charging standard will use magnets, just like Apple's MagSafe, because because Apple wants it that way. And um, Andrew, okay, so we're doing this new thing on, on Android Central where we're we're taking news articles um, and turning it into editorials. I mean, obviously we do do that, but we're, instead of just writing a news piece, a, a standard news article, we're taking it and just turning it into an editorial right away and, and implementing the news within that article. Um, and so Andrew wrote an article based off of what The Verge wrote, and it's titled QI2, We Can All Thank Apple for Fixing Wireless Charging. Who do I blame for that title? Yeah, you can blame <laughs> I don't. I don't, I'm not going to listen to what you're saying. Probably Andrew's uh, Yeah. Okay, so Andrew, do you want to ex- explain to us what the new, well, we don't really have all the information yet, but maybe why don't you walk us through what we, what we do know about the new standard? There's still a lot of stuff about this that we don't know because they're not done with the standard. All we know is that the base charging speeds are going to be 15 watts. Apple has provided the quote unquote new magnetic power profile, which is at the core of 
Chitu. Like, but that's all that we know. They're not even gonna. They're not even done with this building the standards out yet. Building the specs for the standard out yet. We're just expecting the first phones with Chi two. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm allowed to hate it. I, I'm just letting you know I'm okay. allowed to hate what the WBC is doing here. It's You're like wrong. they're giving in to Apple. I personally couldn't be happier about this. It's about freaking time. <laughs> when I first said that I would write this, I didn't even. I was just only looking at it from the phone perspective, and then I reread the press release, and in the first line. It says, provide enhanced convenience and efficiency for mobile devices and wearables, which is why there's a wearable section at the bottom of the post, uh, because Michael wrote something about how awful, and I completely agree, how awful smartwatch and fitness tracker charges are. And if Qi2 is implemented, even if they're forced to implement it, I'm going to be so happy that I can have one charger for everything. Okay, well, on that note, um, I want to ask the, my favorite question. What made you happy this past week? But, you know, since we haven't been on this podcast for like a month, uh, I guess my question is, what made you happy this past month? I'll take the easy one. Getting more than a week off. Mm. Oh. I think we all feel that. And, and we, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. We sat at home and played video games and read books and ate good food and didn't do anything. And it was just awesome. Kept the wood stove full, I'll bet. It was cold there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it got to negative one here, so it got pretty cold. It doesn't really get that cold here uh, pretty much ever. (laughs) Yeah, I feel you on that. Who wants to go next? I will. Uh, Like like Nick, I was so happy to have a – and I had an even longer vacation. I. I checked out, I think, like in August, but I officially went on vacation <laughs> the first week of December, something like that, and and didn't come back until yesterday. So, and I, and I just loved the heck out of it. Lots of sitting in my underwear playing video games and <laughs> getting wasted all day, waking up in the morning, getting wasted at 10 o'clock in the morning because I don't have to care about work was freaking awesome. Uh, but uh, there was a very specific thing. Think back to when you were a kid and you bought a present for your dad or your grandpa. You, you got them something like maybe like a tie or a set of gloves or something like that. My granddaughters got me this set of cashmere gloves. Well, first oh. off, I'm not a cashmere kind of guy. This is the first time I've ever actually touched cashmere. These, are, these gloves are super soft and really nice, and I love them. And I put them on, and uh, my one granddaughter is five years old. And she looked at me. I had them on. Hey, they even got touchscreen fingertips. But anyway, I, I had them on and she looked at me and she said, now you can go do crime. <gasps> and I thought that was the funniest thing I had ever heard in my life. And it still makes me happy to think about that dumb little joke she said was amazing. She didn't Aww. even know how funny it was, but it was. It was hilarious. Oh, that's adorable. I love that. From the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, Andrew, your turn. Unlike everybody, I was nonstop going with family stuff. So, like, I didn't really get to rest, but it was very, and I was sick for, I'm still kind of sick from before. But uh, it was nice seeing family. We had family come up from um, Georgia, and I drove up to the Pennsylvania border, which is about two and a half hours away for Christmas Day. It was, it was just nice spending time with family that you don't get to see all that often. 
Uh, other than that, I don't. It was just really busy dealing with uh, juggling families, two different families. I feel you on that. Um, okay, well, yeah, same with me. I mean, I took some time off. It was really nice to just relax and kind of, you know, take it easy. I caught up on some TV, read, um, you know, our, our dog is growing really fast. It's crazy. Um, and then yesterday, uh, my partner built me a PC. Well, it's not like with new parts or anything. It's like with all of like him and his best friend, they have, uh, they had collectively had a bunch of old parts and they built a new PC for me. And so I'm really excited to play the Sims again, guys. The Sims. Yeah, I got. Gonna... I got to introduce you to RimWorld. Oh, you told me about this. That's I should the, play it. The child yeah. slavery organ harvesting <laughs> war crime simulator <laughs> you game. You told me. You told me about this one. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I'm just really excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good year for for gaming. Oh, and I also started Red Dead Redemption, which was uh, really fun. I'm excited to play that as well. But yeah, it's just been a good break. I'm glad we're all back. I'm glad to be recording with you guys again and. I'm excited for this year. I think we're all going to have a good time. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Uh, we're going to have a time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, I will bid you all adieu. Thank you so much. Wherever you're listening to us, whether it's in the morning, afternoon or night, thank you so much for taking the time and listening to our podcast. We are so appreciative. Happy New Year and uh, welcome back to another year at the AC podcast. Bye. See ya. Bye. Adios.